minus 40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. to the Play It By Ear podcast, the podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus and Grady Lining. Oh, the weather outside is prideful. Well, the weather outside is weather. What, what, what was it when they were drunkenly singing along to that song? I don't know. You've lost me on that one. You not heard that? All I know is my yard's covered with snow and I don't like it. Snow. Get some snow in the air. <laughs> don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, it, it every year it happens to me about this time. You know, around the holidays, it's all right. But that 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 frightful, whiteful stuff, um, it, it's kind of like, why do I live in Ohio again? If it doesn't get me extra sleep in the morning, it's useless. <laughs> That's my take on it. Yeah. Nothing about the flake gives you extra sleep. No. <laughs> no. Hello, Savannah. Savannah. Savannah, Savannah, Savannah. Maxwell, Maxwell, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yep, Merry Christmas. All right, there are other people in the room. If you'd like to check in, please do. If not, linger in the shadows. Up to you. It's all up to you. Uh, I've been under it this week. I don't ever get sick, and I've gotten Ooh, sick. You don't have the Rona, do you? No. no Do you have the RSVP? I don't know. Maybe it's some respiratory thingy. I, I can't remember the last time I took a sick day for being sick, but I made it through half a day, Monday and Tuesday. Came home early both days. Just couldn't take it anymore. Man, I'm sorry. I think I'm on the other side of it. Yeah, meaning getting better, not going toward the light. Yes, getting better. Okay. Getting better. Allison, hello. Seems as though every time we're in Ohio, there's no snow. My daughter's always disappointed. Well, speaking of, speaking of Alabama and snow, um, I knew a fair lass back in the day that did college. She went to college at University of West Alabama, and she is an Ohioan. And um, she cracked up that um, down there, there was like a quarter inch of snow, and nobody knew what to do. And like all the college students were out in the greenery, you know, and doing snow, snow angels. angels. Yeah, like they did. People were like flying off the road. 
uh, amateurs. Hello. Ah, Eric, and I am such a bad person, and I, I apologize in front of Miss Wilson. I haven't got to jump you in yet, but Miss Wilson bought us some games. You should, you should apologize to Miss Wilson for a lot of things, but <laughs> hey. But she bought us two games to play games. on air. Awesome. And I will share those with you later. We cannot share them with our audience because, well, that just wouldn't be very fun. So, well, uh, maybe we can get our third head back and then maybe we can, uh, <laughs> on our logo, I mean. On our logo. <laughs> I ain't yeah. touching that. Well, yeah. I, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go right ahead, Eric. It. Sure, you're not. That's why you wear glasses. Anywho. <laughs> Welcome one, welcome all, if you've never been here before. By the way, uh, back to that comment. I didn't finish. Her daughter's always disappointed. Well, Allison, I, I would love to be disappointed by no snow. That's that's my take. She, uh, But I understand. Kids like it. I met, but me as a kid, I never liked it. Never liked playing in it. Too cold. Too. I don't like my feet being cold. And then the snow gets in your boots, and then it, it melts, and your feet get wet. And don't like it. Don't like any part about it. So, off my soapbox there. Hello. Well, we gotta, <laughs> I don't we think we'll break. publish that one, will oh, we? Wow. John, are you jealous? I mean, Brady is a manly man and all, but... <laughs> a what? Savannah, Savannah, Savannah dreaming of kissing him. I mean, wow. Boy, it's 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 like, uh, let it all go. I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of confessionals here today. Uh, Savannah, I'm flattered. I do not know how to take this. I do not know how to take that compliment. It, your your husband brought it up, and um, I, I don't know what to say. Apparently, he is not threatened by you, Brady. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um, oh geez, but before we even get started, um, we we, we got before we get on our topics, we got to mention the strangeness that happened in our parts of Ohio yesterday when social media was swamped with um images of an emu, a wayward emu that ha was running down Route 62 toward Hillsborough traffic jam, and um, so find that and share it. Yeah, but I, I would like everybody out there in Play by Earland to know that the emu is safely secure, waiting for um, you know, waiting for its caretaker to come back. I guess. Well, thank goodness. Thank so goodness for um, that. you know, uh, we have all kinds of wildlife shenanigans around these parts. I had a. Fox darting through my fr my front yard yesterday, getting my canines all in a tizzy. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. A fox <laughs> near, near your house. Maybe it was the same fox. So uh, I can't remember if it was me and Becky riding around. or So we're driving around back by your house. I'm not sure why we were back there, but we saw a fox. So we decided to watch it. So it would it would walk and then it would... It was going to uh, relieve itself, conduct some commerce there on the ground, but then it, it saw us watching him, and he'd walk away a little farther, and we'd follow him, and he'd start to go again, and then he'd look at us and walk away. He never could go. We were interrupting his uh, 
his uh, conduction of commerce. So I think we have a new character in the animal, the fictional animal, semi, semi-fictional animals uh, played by Eardom. We have Hugo, the unintentionally constipated fox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Why Hugo? Why not? <laughs> well, I don't know if he was constipated. I think he just had stage fright. <laughs> well, he had enough stage fright where it kept him from conducting commerce, so... All right, so uh, let me see here. <laughs> uh, let me share this uh, screen here. I know we're we're already off on a tangent. Down a rabbit hole. Yes. Share screen. Tab. <laughs> Action. All right. So there, I I couldn't find a picture, but there was the post one post I saw on Facebook and I, this is all I saw first. And I'm thinking, what? What? The emu is on 62 South crossing the bridge, walking toward Hillsboro before the high school. So I'm thinking, what is going on? Well, if it was heading South going that direction, our played by ear member Todd, that's right around his house. So that emu is lurking close to Todd land. Well, but here's here's the thing, though, and, and something that people probably didn't think about, um, and it wouldn't really mean anything to anyone who's not from around this area, but if it was crossing the bridge walking toward Hillsboro, then it would be heading north, not south. But that's uh, that's just me. It's an emu. It's Australian. It, its sense of direction is probably backwards. It's flipped. <laughs> It's not <laughs> used to these northern hemisphere directions. Yes. It's toilet water goes the opposite direction. So. <laughs> do you know what? When I would do fifth grade social studies, that was always one of those poignant moments where my students would just stop and think about it. I said, hey, guys, you know, like in this, when we were talking about latitude and longitude and all that kind of stuff, social studies stuff, I said, you guys realize that in Australia, birds fly north for the winter. And they would go like, dude, deep. So that really got them thinking, you know. Right. Might even get some adults thinking out there. That's so I never thought of that. But... Hey, Miss Wilson, one of the precious moments of teaching exchange students is when they see their first snow out the window. Yeah, if they're Brazilian or now, it seems to me like we had a Norwegian exchange student, like Sven or Lars or something like that. I, I think our snow would be a major letdown. But be. our Brazilian exchange students, absolutely. Thought they thought they were in a blizzard. Yes. Oh, um. I, one last comment about the emu. It was also rumored that he had a gecko with him, and they were wandering toward an entrance house oh, no. of. I had to go there, didn't I? Mm. For those of you uninitiated, Eric hates the Liberty Mutual commercials. Hate is not a strong enough word. (laughs) Every iteration of the Liberty Mutual commercials, those are the worst. Liberty Mutual can't decide what it wants to be. They have those ones in front of the Statue of Liberty where these people are sitting out by the harbor doing things. Uh, Then they have the Emu and Doug. Yeah, I didn't know. Nothing says uh, those marketing people are seriously mm, overpaid. 
but I guess it gets uh, people like me talking about it and griping about it, but I'm not buying Liberty Mutual. I changed insurance companies not too long ago, and I purposely did not take Liberty Mutual insurance, even though it was one of the cheaper ones I refused. Because of Lemu. Exactly. I, I will not put my money towards that nonsense. All right, so we are now 12 and a half minutes in, and we've not gotten to a topic yet, so... If you've not been here before, once we get uh, off our tangents here, uh, we do each have a topic that we bring to the table. We've not discussed said topic until right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one too, Savannah. That one too. Uh, Adults having, uh, young adults having fun with insurance. Insurance, like that is dumb. There's no words to say how dumb that is. (laughs) I can't even find the words. He's got his dander up, folks. Oh. His hackles are raised. My hackles are raised. All right. So we are in right the- here, right now, save Jesus Yones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are in the order on the screen in which we'll go. So I will be first. Brady will uh, round things out here on this show. And we'll get off this Liberty Mutual tangent right now, right here, right now. All right. So, uh, we we have briefly discussed our topics coming into the show here. Uh, exactly, Miss Wilson. That's hence the name of the show. We're playing it by ear. All right. So uh, this this is going to be an '80s theme show, and uh, and and this is. Please don't take this as a slight toward Todd, uh, but we couldn't really go down the '80s rabbit hole too far with him because he was younger than us. So. Uh, you know, he, he could chime in on a few things, but if you got really deep into the rabbit hole, he was born in like 1977. So like the early part Reaper of the snapper. 80s, yeah, he, he really, you know, doesn't remember a whole lot about that. John Barney, that is a fact. He's going to get me <laughs> off on another tangent again about athletic directors in the uh, central west central part of the state of Ohio, but uh, I'll continue on with my intended topic here. John, now you you poke the bear here. <laughs> All right. So again, we, we couldn't go real far down the eighties rabbit hole because with Todd, I mean, he, he felt left out because he really couldn't uh, deliver a lot of, of uh, content on that. Cause he hadn't really remembered living that content, although he did. So Brady and I can go down that rabbit hole and we will go down that rabbit hole uh, on this very day. The pickaxe and a lighted helmet. Right. So, my topic is, and uh, the historian in me, uh, and I, I guess maybe that's why we start the show off like this, because I guess I'm up for an argument right now, because that's what I'm going to do here, I'm sure. No. No. So, the title of this thing here that I found, Despite Your Love for Stranger Things, and I mean... The well, TV show. Yes, right. Not not actual strange things. <laughs> maybe you like those too. Um, despite your love for Stranger Things, the 80s actually sucked. Here's why. So first of all, you know, this this is written by someone named Trista. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I, I would venture to say that someone with a name like Trista probably was not born in the 80s. That's what I'm guessing here. Because that's that's a relatively newish name, I think. I, I don't remember any Tristas back when I was growing up, so I'm thinking Trista's probably 
you know, a, a millennial, maybe a late thirties, somewhere along in there. So I will take uh, Trista's opinions here with a grain of salt to begin with, but I will, we, you and me, will shoot her opinions down one by one here. All right. Now, honestly, some of these things I probably will agree with, but I, I think it's just a, a, a an extension of any decade you might talk about. So, number one. So this is November of 1979, so we're not even into the 80s yet for another two months. Uh, the decade began with an international hostage crisis. So the Iranian hostages were uh, taken uh, from the University of Tehran. Um, there were four, they were held for 444 days. Um, so I, I'm not sure why that caused the entire decade to suck. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bad thing. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, it did, I've got uh, so much ammo. I'm chomping at the bit here. Okay, well, let, let me let me finish my opening thoughts, and you can fire away. But uh, um, so a, a little historical background here. So the, the Shah of Iran was the leader of Iran. He came to the United States for medical treatment. Uh, certain factions of uh, the Iranian people didn't think that we should have treated him medically. Uh, they decided to take our people hostage at the University of Tehran. So that's the background. They were held for 444 days. They were let go the day Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. So, Brady, fire away. So when Ronald Reagan was inaugurated, not in 79, but 80, he got them back at the beginning. So the decade... 81. Thank you. So we kicked off the decade... Putting part of my French, the Ayatollah Asahola, in his place because we got them back at the beginning yes. of the eighties. Yes, not the seventies, the eighties. So there, ha. Because Ayatollah Khomeini knew Reagan wasn't playing around. Yeah, and uh, not not to mention there were a few attempts there during the time to get them back, uh, some of which ended very horribly, but. Uh, mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, certainly was a uh, wasn't a good way to start out the decade. But again, I wouldn't say that uh, that caused the entire decade of the '80s to suck. Nope. All right, number two. Now I I do remember this quite vividly. Cold War paranoia was intense. Ooh, that 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 was true. Yeah, I I think me and you both, many people our age, that that was formative to us. Yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, we watched the day after the show on, on ABC, I believe, and kept us up for days. And, you know, we had, um, you know, Sting was singing about obliteration and, you know, there, there was just so much. And, and yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard to explain when I was teaching social studies or history. It's like, guys, you don't realize, you know, we thought that it could happen at any moment. Yeah. Until Gorbachev, right, and um, then you, you could kind of feel that like like the the foot tapping the brake a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but th- th- that was true. That wasn't fun. That was not no. fun. Well, and honestly, in retrospect, when we found out what state the Soviet Union was in, you know, really California. should not should. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> yeah. talking, not talking about in two thousand twenty-two. I'm talking yeah. about. Um probably shouldn't have been as afraid of it as we were because they were right. not in a very good way. But, uh, 
Um, it was a good bluff. Yeah. It was a strong yeah, bluff. It was. It was. And uh, ironically, you know, we're kind of worried about those same nuclear weapons from Russia at this point in time. So, I mean, yeah. I would never tell this to my students, but honestly, I'm a little bit more worried about the wild card now. You yeah. know, yeah. I think we have better defenses against it, but right. that being said. And, and I, I can't ever... And we're getting really serious on this show, more so than we normally do, but I think it's okay. Um, I would be hard-pressed to figure that anyone is insane enough to let nuclear weapons go. Because what, what does it gain Putin to destroy everything? What is he going to rule over? A pile of ashes? I mean, what 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 does he get out of that? Yeah, I'm more worried about the people. Um, uh, I won't get into a big old socio-religious discussion about, but but the people that kind of want to bring about the end of the world, those are the ones you got to worry about, you know. Right, right. So, all right. So of course Ronald Reagan talked about the evil empire. He did it in jest. He he was on a hot bike, and he didn't know he was on a hot mic, and and that became a little bit of a news story for a bit, and. Uh, you know, I think he said uh, we are outlawing the Soviet Union. Bombing commences in five minutes or something like that. It's yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. It, it was it, it 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 wasn't really funny there for a couple of days, but in retrospect, it was kind of funny. But anyway, yeah. All right, number three. Now we get a little more lighthearted here. The unhealthy and unappetizing food. All right, so I'll, I'll read what Trista here talks about. Even if you call it food, these TV dinners hit the scene in the 1950s. By the 1980s, they could be found in just about every suburban home in America. Okay. My man, Ricky Cobb of Super 70 Sports, nailed this today. (laughs) He had a swan. He's like, why was it in the late 70s and the early 80s people ate like hobos? And and it was was a whole Swanson's TV dinner of beanie weenies. I mean, that that was that was protein and formaldehyde, basically. Hobos. <laughs> All right. With, so, with, harkening back to Todd with a can of treat and a can uh, of spam, smeat, if you will, smeat. and um, yeah. So yeah, hobo food. Never understood how the uh, the little pie could be. 10,000 degrees. Oh, it's magma. And, and the mashed potatoes still be frozen in the middle. How's that oh, happen? Well, and worse yet, you know, the the, the 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 10 trays of the TV dinners, you know, the little wingy things that you could put your fingers on. <laughs> you know, you would, you would mistakenly feel the bottom and feel those cold frozen mashed potatoes right out of Antarctica. But you would grab those wingy things and need to visit the Shriners Burn Institute because it just incinerated your fingertips. See, and, and that was, I didn't mind the TV dinners so much, but it was really galling to me <laughs> to have to, to have to eat around the ice cube in the middle of the potatoes because the <laughs> outer edge of the potatoes was like a good temperature. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. The outer edge of them was like the, like the center of Mount Vesuvius. And then the internal part was measured in degrees Kelvin. It, it would be like absolute zero and all molecular activity stopped at the center of those mashed potatoes. It was so, a science experiment on a plate. 
So something I never did with that. I be, did anyone ever try to like mix it all together and maybe it would all be a, a constant edible temperature? <laughs> I like that look. No, that's called Vamit. <laughs> Vamit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So uh, number four, uh, if you know Stranger Things, the mall there is called Star Court Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, number four says there was no Star Court Mall. Says, do you know the mall where all the kids and Stranger Things like to hang out? It didn't exist. Malls were not built by small towns in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. The whole state probably had a handful of malls at the time. They were probably only in the biggest cities. Which, which probably is not untrue. We happened to be in a place where we had an accessible mall here about a half hour away. But we're a small town. We're the very essence of small town, but it was reachable. Yeah. So if you're in small town, Indiana, you're a stone's throw from Indianapolis or Terre Haute or, or Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Indiana or, or, or Evansville, you know, or Bloomington. Right. But you know, it's a, it's a college town. So French lick. French. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't, don't know. Uh, maybe, Somewhere in the canon of Stranger Things, you can find out where uh, this place. What's what's the place called? Indiana. What's the what's the town in Stranger? Oh, uh, it's Hawkins High. But what's the name of the? Um, oh, sorry, I'm having a brain cramp. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It'll come to me in a moment. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm not sure where it was in relation to Indianapolis or any of those other um, towns. So uh, I'm I'm neglecting the comments here because I have my window open in front of them uh tristan was a medieval knight john barney uncle ronnie rocks yes uncle ronnie does did does uh cold war permeated the 60s 70s and 80s and that's true miss wilson i i would venture to say although i wasn't alive during the 60s from what i know of 60s history I'm thinking it was much more eminent then than it was when we grew up. There once was a turtle by the name of Bert. And Bert the turtle was very alert. Yeah, the duck and cover song. Yeah. yeah. Duck and cover. <laughs> of course, when Bert starts talking, he's got us. What do you see when you see the flash, kids? Hi. <laughs> Uh, Allison, very true. Cyber is the new war. That is true. Uh, I, I've, I've often said uh, some some country on this planet will be taken over without firing a shot due to cyber warfare. So, yeah, kind of scary. That's much more scary to me than actual bombs going yeah. off. Uh, John, Grandpa, back in the day, we didn't have ice in our potatoes. We just ate it raw, skin uh, and all. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, Miss Wilson, the mass use and invention of microwave ovens caused the TV dinner reemergence. That is a fact. Which, by the way, the microwave oven resulted because of Cold War military technology. So True. it went from being weaponized to mass produced in our homes. And John, yes, I will be at Knightstown, Indiana at the Hickory Gym. I thought that was in Milan. Uh, well, the, the team was from Milan. The actual gym where it was filmed is in Knightstown. So uh, Hillsborough and White Oak will be playing boys and Ooh. girls basketball games there on the December 10th. Cool. 
So if you like to listen to that, you can tune in to WSRW <laughs> Radio. The there you go, John. Tunes of Eric and John. Yeah, uh, yeah, Eric and Stu. Stu, excuse me. Yeah. Right, there, there, there's our little plug. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on quickly. All right, number five. You couldn't get away from the cigarette smoke. Ah, now this is facts. That, that is a fact. But but I can't pin that on the eighties. I mean, I was in a unique position where um, w- when I was in the band, our our, our bar band days, that um, when we when we started playing, it was before the cigarette bands became a thing. Yeah. And then about two years into it, the cigarette band hit in the state of Ohio. And oh my gosh, you know, I had clothes roined from being, you know, it smelled like a combination of a Winston and a Virginia Slim and stale beers spilled on my footses, not not on my partaking. Well, but even watching TV shows from the 80s versus the 70s and the 60s, I mean, the 80s shows didn't seem to have as many people smoking in them as no. the 70s and 60s and, and prior to. Don Johnson of Miami Vice, Detective Crockett, was known to bust out a cig in a very postmodern, paused way for dramatic effect. But, you know, you really didn't, you really didn't see it too much. No, no. Uh, John goes fact, but mom and dad had the cigarette triangle window open. <laughs> that's uh, that's something that uh, probably went out in the eighties too. The little triangle window in the that that was your that was your vent. Yeah, and congratulations, Savannah. That's yeah. awesome. Amazing to hear. That's congratulations. That's that's. I, I mean, I I hear I've never smoked, but uh, I hear that is the most uh, addictive addicting uh thing that there is really is uh yeah but uh my dad quit cold turkey way back when but uh people usually can't do that so yeah uh, yeah, wish you luck on that journey all right so number six kind of ties in with number five uh number five you couldn't get away from the cigarette smoke number six says now i i will have a problem with this or the hairspray As if that's a bad thing. So the saying in the 80s, the higher the hair, the closer to God. (laughs) (laughs) I happen to subscribe to that theory. I always appreciate a a lofty set of bangs. A lofty quaff. Unable. So in addition to being unable to uh, stop breathing cigarette smoke, you were unable to get away from all the hairspray fumes to get those hair styles as high as possible. Many women opted for the fume-inducing aerosol hairsprays. Aquanet. Which didn't just wreak havoc on those that got too close. It nearly destroyed the ozone layer. Oh, please. There is, there is your political... There it is. Um, now I'm, I'm going to share this picture here. And, you know, someone... Tell me what's wrong with this, because, you know, I'm not, not seeing it. Me, uh, get to the right. Um, once again, back to Super Seventy Sports. It was a high school yearbook composite thing. It, 
now now see that hair is pretty high. That that almost looks like Heather Locklear. It does. I, I see no issue. See, it, it's hard to look at the context. That is a beautiful face, but she's in the time capsule of her time. Right. I mean, think about you know, think about mullets and you know, eighties high hair and sixties, you know long hair and seventies greasy, you know, like I, I, that's not fair, but that, that was kind of the look, it was flat and straight. And then, and then in the nineties, you know, you had the, the post mod hair shaved up in the back, long in the front hair goes in cycles. Yes, it does. Uh, yes. Miss Wilson, uh, you did want to pay heed to any, uh, incendiary devices that might be around with, uh, said hair. I mean, for Pete's sake, Adam Curry from MTV. Yeah, exactly. He had some. He had matter, some matter fact, locks. I, I think that is his hair right there. I think it is. Yeah. So again, I don't. I don't see an issue. I mean, I I never had hair like like that. The long whatever. Mine looked. Mine looked stupid long like that. So I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> John, I had the Pat Riley number eight gel hair do do work. <laughs> there the was brill that cream, too. brill cream. Not <laughs> only it goes on your hair, it'll <laughs> it'll keep the ball bearings lubed in any kind of jet plane or prop plane. Little dab will do you. All those brills that suffer to extract the cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven. I don't know where to fall on this one, but uh, the TV channels were awful. See, now, I, I don't feel that the TV channels were awful. If they were awful, why then would all these shows be replayed endlessly in syndication? Okay. You don't miss what you didn't have. Right. So when we had four channels, their awesomeness rotated. There was times. And, you know, most of our life up until we were adults, we had three channels. Yeah. I was lucky enough because my dad constructed the Tower of Babel. Um, <laughs> uh, had this huge ass, uh, excuse me, a huge ass. <laughs> no, pardon you're, me. You're, pardon no, me. No, you're right. Huge ass. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this big old antenna that would pick up radio signals from Iceland. And, um, <laughs> and, he, and he would go in his little... Uh, room in the, the cb room could never go into oh the upon, sanctum the inner sanctum upon threat of death and um a bit exaggerated but it was like there was a cb tower and the tv tower so every once in a while we get that fourth channel um especially man on saturday and sunday channel 64 the eyes of cincinnati w-i-i-i um now see it, the beauty of your little setup was when the Bengals were blacked out in Cincinnati, you could draw in Columbus and or Dayton. Or, Used to know. be Dayton. Yeah, you you could draw that in. That that was that was valuable. Yes, it was. Then you had the little I forgot about that. Had a little antenna turner on top of the TV. Oh yeah, it might know, be a little bit snowy. It. Like I think <laughs> I see a leg and a ball in there. <laughs> like it looks like I had an orange helmet. But um, so oh by the way, I'm rocking my uh my white tiger hoodie for nice. Steelers week, but um, anyway, um, but but Dr yeah, dreaded dreaded Steelers week, the dreaded don't Steelers forget, week. Don't forget that. And Joey were in the room, he'd agree with us on that. 
Yeah. Not Katie much. Would we not. Probably, <laughs> not, not probably we much agree about on football, but uh, I think we agree um, on that. But, you know, it's relative. Now there's so many choices. But now, mind you, on a Friday evening, if we were stuck at home for some reason, the poop comes that used to be on ABC, like Small Wonder and Urkel and all that. That's some bad TV. But we weren't home on Friday nights by the time those. Of course not. We were either socializing at basketball games or we were at Pizza Hut macking on chicks 80s style. And playing, playing sit down Galaga, yes, and waiting for our pan pizza, our pan pizza, pan while pizza. playing Galaga. <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, John and I was the remote for my dad sitting next to the TV. That that is a fact too. There you go. Turn that off. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this. I, I, I like. Our friend Doug, when he would speak of the only shows that um, his grandmother wouldn't watch. <laughs> and um, one of them was the Muppets, which she called the Muffets. <laughs> and didn't want to watch those because they weren't real. Those Muffets. <laughs> uh, we won't get liked, into the other one. She liked that Lawrence Welk, though. She did like that Lawrence Welk until about <laughs> yeah. 7 o'clock. Well, you, you kids, you know that Lawrence Welk is on right now. <laughs> She'd, yeah, I'd like she, to. She guilt shame him into turning Lawrence Welk. Yeah, I want to see Marlon Perkins from Mutual of Omaha's An- Animal Kingdom, Wild Kingdom, kick Lawrence Welk's butt because usually it w- it was Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, which got sacrificed at the altar to Lawrence Welk. Marlon, and I really Marlon, wanted to watch Wild Kingdom. Marlon Perkins isn't kicking anybody's butt, Jim who's getting mauled by the lion is the one kicking butt. So let's get that yeah. right now. Tiny channel. bubbles, my butt. Teeny, I want I want to see a cheetah mauling. <laughs> so, uh, and here again is the, one of the things I feel like Trista was born in the nineties and has no recollection having lived through the eighties. Most towns didn't have movie theaters either. And VCRs weren't all that popular until the end of the decade. What? Wampus. We lived in Sardinia by God, Ohio. I had a VCR in 1983. What's she talking about? And we had and we had town video. Yes, we did. Ha! You know, again, p- people speak of things they know nothing of. Just moving on. If you didn't live in a big city, there was nothing to do. We've done whole episodes on this. I can't remember the episode number, but Teenage Life in Brown County. It was one of the earlier ones. I would challenge today's teenagers. The nightclub, the teen nightclub life that we lived in the 80s, it was unprecedented. Before or since. Before or since. We mingled in large ponds. We did. So, uh, Two teen nightclubs in Brown County. Yes. Yes. Wait a minute. And one in nearby Claremont County. Yes. Exactly, John. Nothing to do. Hit the back roads with some refreshments. Yes. There you, there some you go. Belated pretzels is nothing better. <laughs> right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, if you lived in a small town during the 1980s, there was nothing to do after school 
Nothing, nada, zip, zero, zilch. Well, if she's talking about lines of blow, she might be right. <laughs> but we were doing, we were doing things. We were doing important things. Oh, and this is worse. The next sentence here. Oh. Oh wait. Now here, here we come. The sanctimonious piece here. Oh wait. You could ride your bike down to the junkyard with friends to see if there was any cool stuff to smash, but that's about it. Get out of here. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response, Trista. <laughs> really? I, I I wish I could contact this Trista. Trista! Her, tr Trista! That's hey, there was no junkyard in our vicinity. No, no, I take that back. But our junkyards were hardcore so much that there was a lion attack. That that junkyard had a lion that escaped and nearly ate a kid. A so our junkyards were not to be trifled with smashing things. There was lions. That, that so that I had forgotten that, but that is a fact. Yes, that is fact. I was I was just talking about that. I was just talking about this today. Our friends of the show, Kevin and Sue and Lo. If your granddaughter Faith is listening, I referenced it this very day. The lion attack? Yes. Forget how it came. It was at the end of the day. You know, class, I were waiting for the bell to ring. It happened last two minutes. And I don't even remember why it came up, but it did. <laughs> John, she needs a visit from Roy D. Mercer. <laughs> uh, that, may, that may be a little harsh, John. She's, she just misguided. She's a yes. Well, she, I, 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 I just, just say ignorant. Not misguided. I mean, she didn't even Ignorant. look this. Ignorant. <laughs> no, there's a Southern Ohioism yeah. where the word ignorant becomes I-G-N-E-R-T. Ignorant. And, and two, two a four-syllable word becomes two syllables. Yes. <laughs> All right. Number nine, video game pixels were huge. And again, what's the problem? Okay, Miss Trista. How was your cell phone when you were a teenager compared to now shut right. it <laughs> time moves on right so today's video games you have all these elaborate controllers and you can use all these keys on the keyboard i think it took real skill to have a singular joystick and one button that's right things, to get things done there you go. Play Pac-Man with your fancy schmancy multi-controller. So I, I even call you out there, Nintendo. I'm I'm talking Atari. The yes. Atari twenty six hundred, which we would have we would have to go to the arcade in a blinding blizzard uphill both ways to play some Pac-Man. Yes. Uh, John, video games at the Wigwam in the Borough. Great time. I never was at the Wigwam at the Borough, but Sardinia had a, had an arcade, and it was loads of fun. And not only video games. I mean, you had pool tables. You had other things there that... Uh, Billiards. Yeah. An on-house tobacconist, if that was your thing. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, I don't understand this one. I mean, I'll put it out there. Uh, a reason why the 80s sucked. Bullies carried knives. Where? <laughs> so Bullies carried knives and would threaten kids in the hallways, and there was no one to complain to 
because teachers grew up in the Great Depression, the principal served in World War II, and the PE coach was a Vietnam vet. Stereotype much? What? What what is this? Everyone assumed that a healthy dose of trauma was good for child development, and the best advice you could get was that boys would be boys. Now, I, I will go along with this a little bit. Because bullying and hazing was much more of a thing. Um, We came of age, and when we hit high school in the middle of the decade, hazing was going out. It was on its way out. It wasn't like the, you know, the movie, one of my all-time favorites, Dazed and Confused, where, you know, the freshmen would get worked over with paddles and all kind of humiliating things. Um, You know, um, but I I mean, I can remember being told that, you know, at Eastern, the, the freshmen, it was part of the actual you call it it was sanctioned that the freshmen had to wear beanies for like the first month of school or something right just scare tactics but uh yeah so yeah i'm with you i I go on with part of that but knives i honestly cannot think of one instance and we and we are like i'm sure every person not every person i didn't but i would just throw a percentage out there 70% of the boys in high school were carrying a knife of some sort, either on their person or in a vehicle. And not to mention shotgun racks in the trucks, in the parking lot. And they would fix their shotguns in the Voag, in in shop and Voag under the teacher's watchful eye and helping them, you know. I, I remember not only in our school, but in any school around us, of there being such a threat with a deadly weapon. Let me put it this way. When I went to Mount Rushmore, when I was a ute of about seven or eight, I got a Mount Rushmore. It was a knife in it, in it like a leather scabbard. And um, I, I wore it on my belt. Did I ever think of stabbing anybody? Like, no. No. No, I honestly don't know what I would do with it. Cut the hack of out, out of a hot dog if I need it, but <laughs> chop them hot dog handles right off. But, you know, other than that, no, I wouldn't even cross my mind. Uh, Did you ever get threatened with a knife? I didn't. Never. Now, was I threatened with some fisticuffs every once in a while? Yeah. Uh, Donnie Brook was threatened a couple times. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... That's been school ever since then and now and whatever. But, you know, deadly weapons. Uh, again, I can't eat, I can't think of one singular instance of that. Nope. The whole time I was growing up. Nope. My All dad right. did want, want me to carry a sap on the bus. <laughs> a sap. <laughs> uh a sap is what? Well, a, a, a blackjack. Uh, you know, it, it was like a le- like a leather sacket with some buckshot <laughs> in it. You know, think of like a bar of soap and a sock, but with leather and, and like metal. <laughs> Were you being threatened on the bus? Uh, oh, there was an older kid giving me a hard time. And he's like, you just need to take a leather sap. And as soon as he gives you a house, like a whack him right in the back, crack him back in the skull. Now, you talk about a different era. <laughs> yeah. So, 
if you had cracked said kid in the back of the skull, what I would have got a reaction? standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is true, Allison. There's more accountability at home for your actions outside oh. of home back then. As a fact. All right, number 11, ready for the fighting words here. Reason why the 80s sucked. The music. Nothing says nostalgia quite like 80s music channel on the satellite radio. Michael Jackson, Radiohead, Prince, REO Speedwagon, YouTube. She just made herself ignorant right there because Radiohead Radiohead. didn't come in the 90s. Exactly. Oh, well, I mean, they were not. I'm not going to say they weren't around the late 80s, but they certainly were not. No, they weren't. Uh, Like, OK Computer, I think, came out in the early 92, 93. That that was their first album? Was that their first album? (sighs) See, I'm thinking they were late 80s, but uh, they certainly were not widespread. No. I had never heard of them in the 80s. But anyway, uh, so then there's Will's favorite song in Stranger Things, Should I Stay or Should I Go? The 80s were the heyday for rock and left an indelible mark on all music then, except for the decades music was awful. There were some great artists such as those listed above, but that's about it. They weren't touring everywhere so that raving fans across the country could jam out to their hair-rocking concerts. Most of the music that came over the radio was pretty awful techno garbage. So, Besides Madonna and Paula Abdul and on Vogue, there was a couple. There was a couple exceptions, but even the pop music was band driven. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there were actual people playing those synthesizers, and actual people singing without auto tune, like Human League. Yeah, yeah. Pesh Mode, New right. Order, Erasure, Flock of Seagulls, Flock of Seagulls, Susie and the Banshee. No, no, I mean nobody puts them in techno but like you know and and not to mention okay huey lewis and the news um brian adams right prince uh, well she 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 had prince in her list there okay you know all all these things sucked Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah i mean the cure (laughs) rem exactly savannah 80s music is good. <laughs> Clarence Carter Stroke and Sheer Brilliance. Are you sastified? <laughs> stroke into the east, stroke into the west. Uh, number 12, the 80s sucked because of toy commercials. I got burned on a couple of them, which is referenced in previous episodes, like the Nerf boomerang and the Spider-Man web shooter. But the Spider-Man web shooter was in the 70s. Correct. Uh, Television shows of the era were 23-minute long ads for toys. So many people who didn't grow up in the 80s don't realize the whole Transformer series is based on an 80s-era cartoon show which was invented to sell the toys. Okay. Woman, please. Okay, listen. There, there, there was G.I. Joe was fighting. T- G.I. Joe was ahead of its time. G.I. Joe is a real American country. hero. Real and, American and not only hero. that, he was fighting Cobra. Okay? And Cobra was a terrorist organization. It was ahead of its time. Cobra could have been Al-Qaeda, you know? 
So she needs to be educated. Well, hey, Tristan, now you know, and knowing's half the battle. So there. <laughs> Which I believe was also a uh, saying from the 80s, right? That's a saying from G.I. Joe. That's why it was funny. There you go. Darn it. Right? Yeah, 80s G.I. Joe, right? Uh, exactly, Miss Wilson. How many 80s bands songs continue to be covered today? Covered, sampled, whatnot, because <laughs> Mike McConnell, if you ever heard him on WLW, I, he doesn't host talk show anymore, which I, he is one of my favorite talk show hosts, but he always maintained that eventually we would run out of notes to write songs. There's only There's so many common combinations. Yeah. Right. So we're just about out of notes. That's why people are like covering all these songs, uh, which is an interesting theory. But uh, anyway, all right. Next one: drugs continued. So this is an '80s problem. I mean, what? Drugs were there before the '80s. Drugs are still there now. Matter of fact. A lot of them are legal now. Yeah. I mean, the devil's lettuce is now legal, but like, um, but you know, for Pete's sake, for all the references to cocaine there was in the eighties, think about the things that are, you know, like impacting so many lives since, you know, the late 90, you know, the opioid epidemic. I mean, to get serious, but I, I would counter, the drugs were people got caught up at the web, but it was more recreational, and people wrecked their lives. But drugs were expensive back then, from what yeah. I understand. I mean, I was a kid, but nowadays, I mean, I, I won't get into the I won't get into all this, but uh, the, the, exactly. So he, here's the end of that little statement here. So you had the rise talking about Nancy Reagan and. Just say no. And so you had the rise of programs like DARE that were really nothing more than pitiful attempts of local police departments to connect with local kids. The nerve. The nerve. Seriously. Let's build that wall and make them terrified of the popo. I mean, that's why we have like resource officers now, you know? That's. I, mean, I I didn't think I would get this worked up over this little piece here, other than you know, taking shots at the '80s. But uh, some of this is truly ignorant. So, yes, Elizabeth, I don't know. Yes, uh, Brady, do you know Liz? I know Liz well. I don't know Liz. Uh, nice to meet you, Liz. Thanks for uh, tuning and, in. And it's a happy like uh, Liz is um, also a veteran. And thank you for your service. His Veterans Day was just last week. And um, so anyway. um, By the way, uh, Allison, you too. Thank you for your service. Yes, yes. In honor of Veterans Day. Uh, She says, I laugh my butt off at that. I say that all the time. And now you know and knowing is half the battle. Yes. And your kids go, what are you talking about? Uh, Savannah seems like drugs are worse now with fentanyl and heroin. And then in the eighties, even the nineties and early two thousands weren't as bad as the last few years. I mean, that's, I mean, they're true. True. Facts. Yeah, true. <clears throat> so yeah, that, that shot at dare was just not even, not, not I mean, even warranted. It, it's a little bit cynical. Yeah. Dare was a little bit corny, but let's not be cynical. 
it was coming from the right place. And I'm really going to, by the way, Trista, love you. We're just debating. Okay. So do not take this personally. We're just debating in the marketplace of ideas here, but I, I would like to educate her on the fact that, um, I hope she wasn't taking a shot where she said there was just to connect with kids. Like they were trying to get info, like turn the kids into informants because if that's what she was implying, that's truly ignorant. crappy. Yeah. That's ignorant. crappy. Ignorant. Yes. All right. Number 14 communication was lacking. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, meaning. We couldn't text each other on a drop of a hat. No, we could. We couldn't Snapchat. We couldn't. I mean, we actually actually had to talk to people. Or you had to be on the phone and snake the darn cord halfway down the steps so you could be out of earshot with everybody. (laughs) That is true, too. (laughs) Or you had a daggum party line like I did and had to wait for the people across the street to get off the phone to make a phone call. Beulah, stop talking to Agnes. About the ice cream social at the Presbyterian Church. Yeah, you, you know what? You're not too far off. There, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably the the topic of the conversation just changed names, but uh, similar names. Let's put it that <laughs> way. All right. Uh, only the wealthiest kids had walkie talkies, like Mike used to talk to his friends in Stranger Things. What? Bullcrap. I had a $4 set of walkie-talkies that I got at my uncle's hardware store. Now, mind you, they had the awesome range of four feet, but we had them. <laughs> you had to whisper in the walkie-talkie so you could hear it coming through the speaker so you didn't hear their voice. It's like, you smell like poop. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. No one really had quick access to information. Like you had to go to the library and look at books. Compton's encyclopedia in my house. There you go. Oh, here's some more fighting words. Oh. And you can see where this is coming from. Number 16, why the 80s sucked. Ronald Reagan's presidency. So I'm going to read this whole thing. Here. Next. I, she, she, she is just, she is just nah. not even from a political standpoint. But in the time capsule of time, the past of times, how could you even uh, uh, to go ahead? <laughs> Ronald Reagan, who resided in the White House throughout the 1980s, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's just six years after he left office. <laughs> uh, do do was, I take the low-hanging fruit or uh, do I just leave it on the tree? Just, just let me go on because the fruit will become increasingly low-hanging here. He was frequently confused in public. So much so that his wife actually invited an astrologer to the White House to put provide advice on um, running the country. Under Reagan, who had a grand vision for creating a space-based missile defense system, the national debt more than tripled. It has continued to grow ever since then, so basically all of our political problems have some grounding in the eight-year reign of President Reagan, how did the Soviet Union fare in that in that race of economics? Okay, b- b- beyond that, let's get back to this little piece about creating a space-based missile defense system. Do you know? I know you know 
I'm just saying the collective you. I know that you know, and you know that I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a ruse. He was making the Russians think that's what he was doing. So they would spend money they don't have because they were communists and they couldn't yes. make money. <sighs> the sheer... It, okay, you take back what you said, Trista, I love you. I don't, I don't love this person. This person is beyond ignorant, as John said so eloquently. That's probably why I said it. I just parroted what I read. But uh, <laughs> psyops. Yes, exactly. It's exactly what it was. I have no words for this. I mean, Brady, like you said, historians would not even agree with that. It does not matter what side of the political fence you are on or if you agreed with some of the domestic policies or whatever. But guys, he brought down the wall. Yeah. He outspent them. They couldn't keep up. Yes. Tying into number 17. And there's data to prove this wrong. The economy was awful for most people. I, the son of a auto worker and a nurse's aide. And I, the son of a jet engine factory worker. And a stay-at-home mother. It was not awful for us. I mean, were we living lavishly? No. It was not awful. We were not taking vacations to Bora Bora. No. He destroyed labor unions and set multinational companies on a track that would allow them to conquer the world within a decade. So, what does Trista think is going on now with multinational companies? From the push of the other side. So here I am getting... We don't get political on this show, and we try not to get too serious, but... This really isn't politics, so this is no. economic facts. Yes. I think we're kind of crusty and salty about this because we're social studies teachers and hard, well, you know. Probably so. Uh, the year 1984 wasn't much better than the book. Go on before my head explodes. I'm going to have an aneurysm on air and it's going to disturb our earbuds. So we better just move along. <laughs> uh, we blew a hole in the ozone layer. So I'm just reading the, the headings now. People had mullets. Oh, what about now? Dang it. Yeah, exactly. Poverty rates rose. So poverty skyrocketed in the 70s or 80s, I mean. Uh, the culture of greed was we, was was real. I, I don't disagree with that. I, one. I don't disagree with that one. We grew up uh, with the yuppies and the whole Wall Street greed is good. It, it was exaggerated. It was a little bit parodied. But... Uh, uh, the consumer culture, I, I, I will give a little bit of leeway there. Yeah. Uh, 23, the AIDS crisis. Again, don't disagree with that either. 
the way it was handled at the beginning. Probably should have been hit more head on with that. There was a moral crisis everywhere. What do we what 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 do we see going on now? Everyone is in a moral crisis now about everything. <laughs> the 1980s saw the rise of the religious right and adherence to this ideology saw moral filth and decay everywhere they looked. There is a I just had this conversation with my mom. They talk about a deep conversation. But in the early 80s, I will say that I got I don't even want to say bamboozled, but I was led to believe the satanic panic was bigger than it was. It was. And um, like books written about backward masking. I mean, my favorite, my favorite band sticks made fun of it. Oh yeah. I mean, they were, they were part of that whole backward satanic messaging thing. And what was the guy's name? I remember his last name was Larson. He was a, um, he had a TV show. Or well, not a TV show. I'm sorry. He was he was a DJ on Christian radio, and he had books that would just waylay into secular music. Well, I mean, T- Tipper Gore led that whole charge. Yeah, the PMRC. Al yeah, Al Gore's wife, Democrat. So, so I, I I don't see any mention of Democrats leading that charge because this obviously is a slanted piece here, but. Uh, once again, we're being we're not getting political. We're just, we're just no, kind of like it's, saying, it's, you know, it's fact, you know, it's. I mean, for uh, Pete's sake, D. Snyder, um, of Twisted Sister, yeah, who is no conservative, no, d- did oh my gosh, if you ever if you want to see beauty of somebody just being just chipped away with razor sharp wit and just like destroying an argument. Watch D. Snyder's testimony in front of Congress. Yep. It, my, my favorite one was when, well, actually, that song is about something else. So if you interpret it that way, I think your wife has a dirty mind. And the look <laughs> on his face, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, 25, people were always insulting others. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, again, I, and again, I mean, what what do we live in now? Uh, well, I, I I don't even know what exactly they mean. Is that like when you called your shortest friend, you know, big guy, and your tallest friend tiny? Are are, are we talking about insult? Like, or when you called your friend, you know needle nose or something like that um i mean granted i mean there probably were some words used at that point in time that should uh, have been yes to, to, to certain segments of society yes and we've evolved past that you know what yeah. i mean yeah so i i guess towards i i am going to concede that certain you know groups absolutely I, I could go along with that a little bit a little bit domo domo yes john mr Roboto. Uh, Allison, the difference back then is you get punched in the face. That is true, too. Yeah, that is true. Uh, the terrible transportation. Uh, environmental hey, 76 protection. 76 Pento. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the transportation was much more terrible in the 70s than in the 80s. Uh, 
All right. We have uh, Call the Fashion Police, video and cassette tapes. Technology was slow and super expensive. I mean, it's relative, right? Right. Yeah, it was slow compared to now. I mean, for gosh sakes, I remember when America Online came out, and we thought it was like a miracle. Yeah. Corded phones were fun to play with but not talk on. Don't disagree with that. You burned your hair while styling it. Disney looked at things differently. I don't even know what that means. Consider the secret of NIMH, a modern fable at the oh, National, secret of NIM, yeah, yeah, National Institute Institute of Mental Health. Then there are the atrocities of All Dogs Go to Heaven, an American tale, and the Land Before Time. Fiber goes west. Uh, Got to talk about fiber in the American. <laughs> what was his name? Fifel or something like that. Fifel. Our friend Doug's like fiber goes west. Uh, plenty of parents today wouldn't consider showing those movies to their kids. Why not? I, I don't understand. I really the don't. Same understand. parents that gripe about the violence in Tom and Jerry, which are disqualified from parenthood, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, there were latchkey kids. Missing kids were on milk cartons. Is that a, that bad? Was a little I mean, scary? But well, but I mean, it, it was effective though. I mean, a lot of these kids were found. <laughs> so I mean, that those are the reasons. I mean, we've, I think we've vanquished many of those. Trista, we love you. Okay. Your craft, you you brought a hot take, and we're just going to agree to disagree with you. You're much more diplomatic than I am on that. uh... (laughs) Okay, Uh... so on that note, now, I I don't want you to make a face or anything, but um, I'm listening to an audible right now. And um, one of my favorite bands that impacted me huge was U2 back, you know, in the day. And um, I'm listening to Bono's autobiography. And the man can tell a story. But I love it how he said he came to he came to Jesus on this a little bit. He's like, you know, I was talking about share the wealth and share the wealth. He said, you know what brings people out of poverty? After all this talk about sharing the wealth, I realized a good old fashioned capitalism. How about that? And um, I, I just, uh, you know, just just one of my favorite people. Like, I, I know he seems in his older years a little bit crotchety in a bit, but oh my gosh. Um, aren't, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, you know, uh, one of the most enjoyable, I'm only probably about a halfway through it, and I can't stop listening to it. And, um, so just his insight into that. I, I just want to put a plug in there for any of you YouTube fans. And even if you're not one of the most, one of the most fascinating listens, I'm just, it's been a while well, since I've enjoyed a book this much. Well, you know, Bono maybe should pass that message along to some of his buddies. Yeah. All right. So Brady, um, 
visit our website, www.playitbyyourpodcast.com. If you'd like to buy a shirt, go to uh, the menu at the top of the page, go to the store link, and then uh, scroll down to the bottom, click on the picture of the t-shirt. That will take you to buymeacoffee.com. You can buy said t-shirt there, and we will make sure that you get that. Brady, please uh, take us out of this uh, seriousness. Oh, yeah, we're not going to. Give us a little levity. I, I I will bring some levity. I will be the helium and hydrogen to your lead. Um, not that I'm teaching physical science right now, so I'm kind of in a rut. So that's where my mind's going. Um, all right. So um, since, since we're kind of theme, there was a couple articles picking on the 80s, but this really wasn't picking on. Well, guys, 80s movies are a great thing, but not all of them. And this is about this comes from a list of 30 of the worst films of the 80s. And um, for the sake of brevity, we're an hour and 12 minutes into this. There's going to be some of these movies uh, uh, as a child of the 80s and a cinemaphile. Um, there, there's some of them I'm just not familiar with that I've not seen. OK, so just, but just mention names and we'll. Move oh, on. yeah, absolutely. So um, the first one that kicks off this list of 30 worst movies of the 80s is a sequel. And it is Caddyshack 2, which is arguably Caddyshack 1, is one of the greatest movies of the 80s, early 80s. And Caddyshack 2 um, was just hated by critics and, and honestly, moviegoers alike because they went back to the well and it was kind of insulting because you, you took out basically the things that made it successful. There was only really one major star that uh, Chevy Chase was in it. And it was more like a no. I mean, Dan Aykroyd was in it. Dan Aykroyd was in it, but it, what 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 didn't ring true about it? Dan Aykroyd was basically playing Bill Murray's part, right? And then Rodney Dangerfield was not in it, but a very funny Jackie Mason was. Yeah. And now I'm not saying that this was the you know Shawshank Redemption or Citizen Kane, but daggone it, if you don't laugh at the scene where Jackie Mason is at the country club and everybody is in their English jumping gear with their horses. And he shows up with this Clydesdale, which lets off a huge Clydesdale flatulence as it's jumping one of the steeplechase. You're, you're not a, you're not alive. All right. So I, I did make this comment to Brady before the show started. And I, I stand by it. If Caddyshack two were not called Caddyshack two, and it was called by some other name, it would be much more highly regarded. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a funny, silly movie, and well, and that's the thing. It it's almost in that little compartment of it's so bad that it's good. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I you know, there the, the, there was a lot to unpack there. I I think what bothered people the most, if they would have, if that movie would have the same script. Same everything, but if you would have had Bill Murray and uh and uh Rodney Dangerfield in it, I think people would have looked at it differently. Yeah. Oh yeah. So and probably they, they did not uh sign on because uh, Well, they didn't want to go back to the well twice. Right, right. Okay, continue. All right. Um Xanadu. Xanadu. I never saw Xanadu. <laughs> what? 
I never saw Xanadu. I, I saw parts of it on my grandmother's movie channel, but I never got to sit through the whole thing because I really didn't get what I was seeing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. That, that that phrase, grandmother's movie channel, just struck me funny. I'm not well, see, sure Ripley, Ripley got cable before Sardini did. I mean, that's when I first saw nudity. Well, actually, it was Caddyshack. <laughs> it was the first time I saw female nudity. It was on the movie channel. and um, But Xanadu, you know, but Olivia's Newton's so, Johns were not shown. <laughs> so, you, so you spent a lot of time at Grandma's after that. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I did. I did. Um, critics either loved it or hated, but most decided it was too campy for their taste. Most viewers hated the Art Deco themes. See, don't get me started. I, I like the 80s Art Deco. It's interesting that, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, it'll come to me in a moment. Hold on. Like I said, I, I never saw Xanadu because I can't even Mid-century, see it. Mid-century, thank you. Other, other than uh, Olivia Newton-John in general. Okay. Now, I remember this movie, but not for the reasons you're going to think. Inchon. It was a movie about the Korean War and Douglas MacArthur. And it was a war movie that was plagued with so many problems. But by the way, th this comes from Travado.net. Okay, and this is where this list comes from. But um, Inchon cost over $46 million to make, and it was a horrible film. It was one. Of, it was considered... One of, Excuse me, one of the worst films ever made, and it even won Razzies. But here is why I remember Inchon. My dad wanted to see it. My mom and I did not. <laughs> so in one of the greatest con jobs ever, Dad, you go see Inchon. Mom, let's go see this movie. It's about school. It's called Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> and my mother took me to see Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, and your mom didn't know what she was getting into. Oh there. no, no. <laughs> oh, and she still so, claimed. So you saw you saw Phoebe Cates in <sighs> in the theater. I will claim her... that I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet your mom doesn't say that you did. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, now, now Linda sometimes joins us. Linda, yeah, if she's out there. Maybe we'll hear this after the fact. Now, Linda, did, did you go? And she might be listening to us because I got a text message. There's nothing I can do about it, but evidently the kids misplaced the remote at her house and was stuck on Cartoon Network. And she's like, can you ask the kids where they misplaced the remote? But I can't because they're in the other room and I'm live. Sorry, Mom. So um, now, okay, I'm going to confess. One of my first huge celebrity crushes when I knew what girls were about and I knew I liked them was in fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade. And um, the movie Tarzan, the eight man with Bo Derek. Yeah. And um, there was a particular like TV guide or something. She was on the cover of it and I was mesmerized. And two of my, my first two celebrity crushes was Debbie Harry, Blondie and Bo Derek. So, um, Bo Derek and a loincloth. Oh, speaking of loincloth, um, her co star was the beefcakey Miles O'Keefe, which, by the way, is the greatest, the greatest. You've heard me reference this the greatest mystery science theater 3000 riff of all time. 
how much Keith is in this movie? And then all of a sudden, Miles O'Keefe pops on the screen. <laughs> we have Miles O'Keefe. <laughs> oh, I love, I, I about soil myself laughing. Um, all right, but yeah, Tars the Man, from what I understand, it was absolutely terrible. And the, and the thing is, is, um, you know, I, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I lost my list. Um, it, it was pretty campy and pretty bad. And it was basically just a vehicle for, um, Bo Derek to cavort around in various states of undress and Miles O'Keefe to strut around with his chiseled physique. And it really didn't have as much to do about, um, Tarzan as it did with, um, you know, the eye candy factor for both genders. So, but it, it was a comically bad movie, evidently. I mean, Joey. I, Joey. What? Uh, Joey! Joey! We're talking about bad movies, Joey. This ought to be right up your alley. Um, Sorry, my uh, website kind of like, my, my phone kind of start acting funkily, which gets me to... Sorry, guys. I'm usually not. Um, okay. Mommy Dearest. Few films have won as many Razzies as Mommy Dearest. The film walked away with nine nominations and five wins, including Worst Picture and Worst Actress. Even though it was meant to be taken seriously, audiences found themselves laughing with the over-the-top makeup, the acting and makeup. Now, all I know about Mommy Dearest is one of those movies as a kid that I would tune out if it was on my grandma's movie channel. I would <laughs> I would not watch it because it it was serious. It was a grown up movie, and I was like, all I remember is the famous line, "No wire hangers, no wire hangers," where she would right. like, yeah, and, and that's it. But it is supposed to be pretty bad. Yeah, um, Joan, uh, what was her last name? It flew our eye on my ear. Crawford. Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't really know who Joan Crawford was. I mean, I wasn't really, um, wanting to watch that movie. <laughs> so Joey, so, our, uh, our topic is worst movies of the eighties. So that's where we are. But and I don't, I don't disagree with that statement. Okay. Now on this next one though, I'm coming from a different place and I liked this movie because keep in mind, I learned to read on comic books. So I was aware of this character, so it wasn't as stupid to me as it might have been to the uninitiated. Do you know what I'm talking about, Eric? No. Howard the Duck. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Howard the Duck. It was critically slammed for a number of reasons. They shot it in live action, unintentionally making Howard look terrifying. Um, it was challenging to convey emotions because he was expressionless and had a, a bill, and it couldn't, you know... Couldn't emote. He couldn't emote. Um, and it was also, and I I will agree. Yes, it was set in Cleveland because oh. Howard was a duck from space. He was an alien and he made his living by driving a cab in Cleveland. I don't know about you, but whenever I see waterfowl driving a taxi cab, I mean, I don't know. Um, it, br it brings me pause. I would not get into said taxi. Yeah. So, but um, it was racy there. Okay. I'm not trying. Okay. So when I say this, I'm not trying to be funny and cross that TV 14 line, but there's some implied bestiality in it. 
yeah. with Leah Thompson and the duck, <laughs> which you have to kind of overlook, kind of. <laughs> and Leah Thompson was she, pretty she was darn bomb, cute. Bomb back then. She was. It's like, you know, people wouldn't mind. I, I would let Leah Thompson rub my webbed feet. And um, <laughs> so, um, uh, don't of all leave the problems. And, of all the problems your feet have, Brady, being webbed is not one of them, surprisingly. I don't enough. have webbed feet. I mean, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. You have every other problem with your feet, not that one. Okay. Uh, Joey hasn't seen Howard the Duck. I figured you need Joey, to. It's got seen. its charm, but it, it was weird. Not everybody was ready for it, not everybody got it. So, um, the, now this next movie. It is on every list of worst movies of all time. I've still never seen it, and I've never been—I've never been real compelled to see it. But it featured two of the biggest stars of the time, Dustin Hoffman and, or excuse me, Warren Beatty and Al Pacino. Or du excuse me, Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. Do you know what movie it is, Eric? Yeah, it is the uh, epitome of bad movies. I this. The name of this movie is used in conjunction with bad movie, comically bad movie, epically bad movie, Ishtar. Ishtar. Yes. How could a movie with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman fail? It cost $55 million after several reshoots. The script was lumbering in dull lines, and finally the audience couldn't figure out if it was intentionally horrible. It won two Razzies and was ranked one of the worst movies of all time by Time Magazine. So, um, now this next one I've not heard of. This is new to me. Child by, of the by, 80s here. By, by the way, Brady, I'm, I'm going to... So we always talk about $55 million and that... Uh, doesn't seem like a whole lot of money right now. But uh, in 2022, $55 million would be $151 million. Good gosh. Epic bomb. Yeah. Epic so, bomb. Um, all right, continue. Yeah, sorry. This next one I've never heard of. And it's obvious when you see... When you see the... Um, <laughs> It's supposed to be an E.T. kind of vibe, but it's called Nuki. <laughs> and Nuki was about, um, it was heavily inspired by E.T. It was a knockoff. It left critics confused. It became almost universally hated by all that, was, that saw it. It's considered one of the worst sci-fi movies ever made. So it involves aliens and nukes. It's South African. What? a south african film oh well anything that came from south africa in the 80s is bad and well, evil by well, inherently that, that's probably why we didn't know of it probably because it wasn't released very much around here so yeah there's a just sharing that what you shared on the on the screen there's the the movie poster of nuki it looks very similar to et e. is very much a ripoff yeah um now this next one i i've got to be honest um I don't recall seeing this because my thoughts on Superman had been very well stated. Um, I don't love the Superman franchise because he's just too super. He's not interesting. <laughs> and Christopher Reeves is speaking as a very white man is the whitest man ever. And he was just dull. 
Okay. <laughs> and um, Superman four, the quest for peace. It was preachy, but it's infamous for it's really bad. There was a Superman one, two and three, but somehow Superman four, the special effects was even worse. And it's the one that the special effects are offensive because Superman's package in mid flight it's because they reshot it. It's going left to right. And it looks like it's undulating in his super speedos. <laughs> and it's distracting. <laughs> no, I, w- I would have never noticed that Brady. Well, I, I did. I mean, I didn't notice it as a youth, but it was brought up and I saw so, the clips so, and I'm like, Oh so, my God. So, brought up. So to speak. Yeah, you, you don't want to see Christopher's Reeves flopping back and forth in your face. And so, Superman... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I don't remember a whole lot about that movie, but I do remember the uh, one of the last scenes where he turned back time by spinning the globe the opposite way. Yeah, that that's an infamous moment. And it, Sorry, folks, it just doesn't work that way, but that was in Superman 1. And, um, yeah, see, that's why I just don't love DC work besides Batman. And anyway, um, okay. Now I remember this movie and I think that we could agree that I have a dumb sense of humor. I, I like ridiculous, absurd humor, but there was an infamous movie, Leonard part six starring Bill Cosby. Right. And it was a Bill Cosby vehicle, except and there was no Leonard one through five. So it was trying to be funny, but um, it, it was, it was so bad that the director himself disowned it before it was even reached theaters. Bill Cosby, the director advised that people not see it. Critics did. And they tore it apart. The only good thing about Bill Cosby's Leonard part six is that we didn't have to watch one through five. Never mind that there was no one through five, but yeah, and and there was no bigger person, maybe with the exception of like Michael Jackson in the eighties, than Bill Cosby. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to do some digging. This might Leonard Part Six might have predated the Cosby Show. It was in betwixt Fat Albert. I think this is when. He was in his early 80s stand-up heyday, like the daddy's great give-him-chocolate-cake hero. Yeah, right, right. And I, I think this might have pre... And I could be wrong. It might have predated the Cosby show. Leonard Part so, 6? Yeah. You'll have to look uh, that up. I'm, I'm going to look that up. I, I, and while I he's... Lo- right in the heyday there. Right in the heyday. So while he's looking that up, now to me, I've never seen this movie. And here's why I've never seen this next movie. 1987. Because, uh, yeah, that would have been in the heyday, wouldn't it? Yep. Yeah. So it was so bad that his Cosby show fame couldn't even, and his pudding pops couldn't get that over the goal line. Couldn't salvage it. Couldn't salvage it. So I have never seen this next movie. Um, And even Helen Keller and Ray Charles could have seen this movie is a ripoff and it was the infamous Mac and me <laughs> and yeah. Mac and me was trying to ride the coattails of ET 
Yep. And um, and, and I knew that as a kid. It's like uh, this is insulting. I'm not even going to see it. The only good thing from it is that the film is Paul Rudd showing a clip of it to Conan every time he's promoting one of his movies. So evidently, Paul Rudd has a uh, like a little gag that he shows clips of Mac and me. See, th this is even more egregious right here. I'm going to show this on the screen. Um, hold on. Having technical difficulties. I'll, um, well, look at this. Oh. Oh, I mean, my gosh. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that it has the moon, the silhouette. That's bad. Yeah, that, that is bad. And, you know, you talking about when we were kids. I didn't remember this movie being so recent. 1988. Yeah. They tried to go back to it, and it just didn't catch because, I mean, it was obviously unoriginal Drek so, in I mean, a world where, you know. I mean, we weren't exactly kids at that point. No, we weren't. Juniors and seniors in high school. Yeah. So I might have had a lot of teen angst, but I I just knew that that was pure pablum and fluff and crap. Balderdash. Um, Balderdash. Now this one sounds fun. I've never heard of it, and I've not seen it. It's not the thing with Kurt Russell. It's just things, <laughs> and it shows a man with a very very large drill bit and drill, and it's a horror movie. And it was done on a budget of $35,000. And it starred an adult film actress that would go into fame, Amber Lynn. But it was so bad. It was just so, so bad. It was horror and schlock and just like unwatchable. That it couldn't even be parodied. It was Canadian. Canadian? Yes. Um, so... Canadian filmmaking hit its peak with Porky's in the early 80s and hit its nadir <laughs> i was pain. getting ready to say nadir <laughs> i'm not even making that up i was trying to be suave <laughs> with things in 1989 you remember the thing where here comes things things <laughs> stuff <laughs> <laughs> okay um the next one is you know what <sighs> I don't mind somebody trying to go back to the well with this one, but Teen Wolf 2. Now, yes, it's not Teen Wolf 2. It's Teen Wolf also. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Teen Wolf and Hal. And Hal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and TV's no, Jason I, Bateman. I, wait, wait a minute, Brad. I have to qualify that. So uh, among our little circle of friends, that was our names for the Die Hard movies. So there was no Batman. No, it was Die Hard. Die I used it for Batman. There's there was Batman One, Batman uh, Returns, Batman and Hal. <laughs> I thought it was Die Hard, Die Harder, Die Hard and Hal. <laughs> die really hard. Um. But uh, Teen Wolf 2 wasn't too bad, and the fans actually liked it. It was just a little clunky. And once again, it's not the movie. It's not the script. It was the fact that Michael J. Fox was not in it. 
And it was uh, Jason Bateman, wasn't TV's it? Jason Bateman. Yes. And um, so that that was the main slam on it. Um, okay. This is one and only movie on this list that is an 80s movie that actually um, Mystery Science Theater made it more famous than it was in its Space Mutiny. And in Space Mutiny, I believe it was an Italian movie, but it's one of the best episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 ever. Most most audiences hated the film, while others loved it because it was so horrible. So basically, they took stock footage from Battlestar Galactica South African. There you go again. Um, and the thing that was funniest about it, and it was unironic, there's a high speed chase, but it was the slowest high speed chase ever. It was like two underpowered golf carts going five miles an hour. It was OJ Simpson esque. Oh, it, it was it was something else. And it's a very funny um episode of MST. Um, let's see. Okay. I'm going to skip on down to the blade master, which is obviously a Conan, the barbarian, um, thing, but the poster to the blade master, I don't know if they did this on purpose. Let me, let me find it. And who starred in Blade Master Brady? Is it Miles O'Keefe? How much O'Keefe did we have in the Blade Master? Miles, Miles O'Keefe. And look at uh Are you seeing that, Eric? Um <laughs> I'm I'm about to uh, project it here. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you at home, um, let's just say that once again, Miles O'Keefe is a buff fellow that most ladies would find very attractive. But let's just say he suggestively holding his sword <laughs> in a place that could only be described not accidental. Uh, just look up the Blade Master movie poster, and you'll you'll see if you can't see it on the uh, video version of our show. <laughs> um. Okay. Now, another one on the list is Jaws 3D. <laughs> Jaws 3D. The concept of this is great. Movie shot in 3D have recently got popular, but while it scared children, adults were left unfazed and distracted by the horrible 3D effects. The plot and lack of tension makes it worse. This is one, once again, I reference our friend Doug. This is the movie that he always said that, let's see, hold on, let me grab this. It was so obvious they were trying to make 3D effects. Like, look, right over, wait a minute. Here. I'm taking right here. And the pencil would go like in three uh, unnecessary pencil shots and things like that. <laughs> there we go and it's just silly silliness um but it's just a bad movie and uh that kind of almost brings us to the end now there's other movies that always get lumped in i'm gonna throw in a few that's not on the list um oh drop dead fred gets brought up a lot 
as a Beetlejuice ripoff. Uh huh. And there's only one saving grace of Drop Dead Fred. Phoebe what? Cates. Phoebe Cates's uh, uh, filmography is not very long, but uh, I would see Phoebe Cates in anything. <laughs> We're not like at all. <laughs> um, right. So, but anyway, we. I hope you enjoyed those lists. And there's other bad '80s movies. Um, you know, th- there's tons. The one that comes to my mind is it was. A, Ed Talon video in Sardinia. I remember the V the V the the, the, the VHS box of this movie. The, the cover looked terrifying. It was called Meat Eater. Had a bloody fork on it. And Let honestly, me. it was like a propaganda film about my, my, vegetarianism. Let me find it here. Like I said, the the, the box was absolutely terrifying. And like I said, it was a bloody dripping fork. It's like, oh, this has got to be good. And the thing I remember most about it is there is one part when they're going on their anti-meat rant where they start singing the Oscar Mayer Wiener jingle. Oh, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer And I'm like, what am I watching? There is no bloody fork in this movie. This is dumb. So you sure on the name of that movie? Because I've I've not heard of it. Oh, I'm sure as I am in front of you. It was called Meat Eaters or Meat Eater? Meat Eater. I can't seem to find anything about it. Well. Oh, well, I. I, uh... All right. So I see The Meat Eater, a 1979 film. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, 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 oh. Big meat eater. (laughs) The meat eater. 1979. Okay. And look at that scary thing. Look at that dripping fork. Anyway, so um, there's a lot of bad movies. And bad movies can be fun. Eric, to this day, we've talked about this previously. That horribly stupid movie we went paid good money for in high school. There was this happened to be this period of time there was no good movies out, and we were bored. Out of yes, about a priest, and as he gets to to college, I mean, it segue to these sees about cavemen. (laughs) Yeah, and we got up and walked out. I was like, "What are we watching?" Well. I felt that way about a Quentin Tarantino movie, but you all liked it. <laughs> oh, don't be smirched, Quentin. I I still stand by. He's to, Eric is referring to dust from dust till dawn. And the thing was, Eric was not jumped in. He was enjoying this movie so much when it was a bank robber movie. Yeah. And that moment where it stops being a bank robber movie and becomes a vampire movie. When 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 the beautiful lass is dancing on a table. And she has a three foot tongue shoot out of her mouth and she starts attacking the jugular of somebody. I, I cannot repeat what Eric said. It was an exclamation. It may have had an expletive in it. it and it was like, it was it was a question. It was starting, a question. Starting with what the <laughs> <laughs> farn. What the farn? <laughs> what, and what it was not premeditated. 
it was just a legitimate like I don't know what I'm seeing and I'm disturbed. Yes. And I was checked out. I no longer enjoyed the movie at that point. My my ability to suspend disbelief was over at that point. Couldn't do it. Yeah. If I had been suspending disbelief the whole time, it would have been fine. It was just that 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 it was, it was a totally plausible bank robbery movie until that point. I couldn't make the shift. Yeah, and I I think you were didn't you have to see Harvey's Kaitels in that movie too? Am yeah, I remembering yeah. that right? Yeah. So which which was uh, disturbing in and of itself, probably more disturbing than the vampires, but yeah. All right. So there is a show that was an homage to the 80s or what some people feel were the worst of the 80s. Uh, we, of course, uh, in a lot of cases, dispute that uh, particular opinion, and we gave our opinions on that. Mm. Uh, please um, get on our Facebook page. Let us know your opinion on uh, any of the things we talked about, those of you. Uh, who lived through the decade as we did, even if you didn't, maybe you have an opinion on it. Um, we certainly would love to hear that. So, uh, Brady, you were pointing there. Once again, visit the website, www.playbeerpodcast.com. Uh, check out uh, different things about our show, our isms. Uh, talks about some of the terms we use on here in our Urban Dictionary-esque uh, listing of those terms. So uh, check that out at the website. Anything else, Brady? Nope. Don't, just be careful out there. If you're in the Southern Ohio area where we're at, there's a little bit of slickeriness going on. Slickery. Slickery uh, as teachers and administrators if we're in the education system. So we always have to check out that nighttime, uh, that, that nighttime weather forecast to see if we're going to get a little bit of a sleep in time or something. Yes. Could I get some extra sleep? That will make my snowy front yard worth it. There you go. All right. Audio version of this podcast will be released as always Friday morning at 3 a.m. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app. And we're on fire. Are we on fire. Most anywhere else you can find an audio podcast. You can probably find us on that platform video wise uh our uh, spotify shows are now video as well um if you're listening on a audio device you'll still get an audio version of that but uh, if you have a device where you can get spotify video wise you can see a video version uh youtube look at our youtube channel play it by podcast.com you can see all of our uh shows that we've uh, recorded ever since episode 30 and uh twitch Twitch, Twitch. Uh, those are archived for about two weeks. If you want to see them on Twitch, you gamer people who hang around Twitch. Social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagrams. You can find all those links on our website. If you'd like to interact with us via email, admin at playitbyearpodcast.com. If you'd like to leave a voice message, click the link at your audio podcast provider. On the iHeartRadio app, it is a microphone-shaped thing called Talk Back, and you can leave a uh, audio message that way. Anything else for the good of the order, Brady? Nay, sir. Nay. Nay, he says. All right, then, take us out.
See ya. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.